69 me, pasty! Pasty, quick, 69 me! <laughs> oh boy, they had some fun on this week's AEW Dynamite, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. A lot of, lot of uh, varying excuses. I think everybody involved had a different excuse for the lackluster finish to Revolution, which we're going to talk about in depth in just a few short moments, folks. Uh, good time, though. Yeah, you know, it's kind. Of, this is one of those odd weeks where, as far as wrestling went, it was a pretty solid week. Um, most of the wrestling shows, I think, were, were average to, to better. But that Shane they, McMahon promo, though, man. But there's just not a lot of news this week, so this isn't going to be a, a three-hour Beef Sticks podcast, folks. I'm sorry to tell you, but nonetheless, it's going to be a good one. Well, you're never 69 for three hours. No, no, it. your tongue gets cramped, you know. <laughs> it's rough. Very rough. But it was... It was a week. It was a week in wrestling, and and stories are are moving forward. We've seen the formation of a new stable in AEW, which, by the way, so many people online are bitching about how like everybody in AEW is in a stable, and I just I don't know. I liked the uh, '80s and '90s when there were tons of stables, and mm-hmm. to me, I I don't think it's overboard yet. It's not too much for my liking yet. Right? Yeah. Uh, everybody has their own opinions, but I like it. We also seen in MLW moves being made towards Azteca Underground, and who is El Jefe? It's me. Impact, of course, had their go-home show to their Sacrifice pay-per-view, which is going to have a, a really awesome main event. And, uh, yeah, and, and stuff happened in WWE also. The only thing I know about is uh, Shane McMahon and... Was it Drew McIntyre? Who was it? Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman had a really awkward, awkward, awkward. I would, I would never call you stupid, but I'm gonna sit here for six minutes and make everybody look stupid for watching this promo. Yeah, I say, folks, if you haven't seen that was the dumbest. Like all that to build up to that. Like Jesus Christ. If you haven't seen. If you didn't watch Monday Night Raw, go and look up the clip. I don't, Shane McMahon, Braun Strowman, you should just have to look that up. It's very awkward. It's another reason why I just don't watch. I can't fathom why WWE uploaded the entire clip themselves. Yeah, they didn't edit it down or nothing either. No. Very awkward. So, yeah, Sometimes. I mean, all in all, I think it's been a... I think they're taking out their frustrations that Big Show left on Braun Strowman. <laughs> it's funny because Big Show and Braun Strowman both share BS. That's true. <laughs> they're both some big BS. Very, very true. Hey, and this week, or uh, next week, or this weekend, is uh, AEW Dark Evolution. That should be on Monday, I believe. Is unless it, yeah. they're doing one that's an off day. Yeah. They're, uh, they're, they're coming out with their new show, so I'm going to try to watch that. I mean, hopefully it's not another four-hour thing like Dark is, but... It's on YouTube. You never know. I know. It's on YouTube where, where it could be three minutes or three hours. 
You just got to think, how long is Big Show willing to sit there and, and do announcing for? I don't think he's got three hours a week in him. Well, again, it's on YouTube, though, so he doesn't have to do it straight. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know how uh, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, it's just so weird that they've been teasing this new TNT show, and they keep adding these YouTube shows. And, and to me, I don't think Elevation is going to be much different than Dark. Unless there's bigger stars on it because they're competing against Raw. But yeah, I guess I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Does that mean the upcoming in the next like week, WWE Network is on Peacock, right? Yeah, that's got to be. I think it's an, on. I thought it was like the 20 somethingth, but maybe next week. Next week or the week after, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's coming up. That'll be interesting to see how many bugs that has. Right? I can already tell you, I feel like the Peacock platform is a little cheap. Yeah? Yeah. It's, I don't know. It's just got, a lot of the platforms got it right with categories and things. And I don't know. I like that Peacock has live streaming channels. That's cool. But you have to watch commercials if you're watching them. Well, it's live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can watch your football and stuff like that and which is always nice. News. That's never nice. <laughs> but it's there. <laughs> right. The only thing I really don't like about Peacock is that um is that they don't have different profiles. So it's all yep. kind of one thing. But I'm assuming that's probably gonna over time that'll change. Um but WWE Network is supposed to be a uh, like its own kind of channel on there. So I'm assuming it's supposed to be basically the exact same thing that the WWE Network is now. You just click a link on Peacock and it takes you there. So I'm hoping that that still has profiles. I don't know. I don't know. I guess we will find out. The future's uncertain. I did start watching Young Rock this week. That's a pretty good show. It's a good show. I like it. I like it. It's very, uh, very different than what I had expected. Yeah. In a good way. Tell you what's not different or what is different in a way that I didn't expect. And in a bad way, the Keenan show. Yeah. You're not a fan of that. Huh? <sighs> it's awkward. And it seems like it's like made to watch with the kids and, and I that's not such a negative thing but it feels like some some 90s TGIF stuff. Well, it's a family sitcom. It's a typical family sitcom. And the whole fact that the whole like lynch, the the thing that separates it from any other sitcom is the fact that his wife passed away and he can't handle it and I don't know. That's just a lot of awkward topic. Yeah. And I don't know how long they're going to be able to play this out. If they for. can write off the whole dead wife thing, because I agree with you. I don't like that. Yeah. But if they can write off the whole dead wife thing, then I think they'll be fine. I like how you say it's different from other sitcoms, but you mentioned Full House and TGIF. And <laughs> exact plot of Full House. His wife died and he can't handle it. <laughs> so this is just fullest house couldn't be fuller <laughs> well you got bill ingvold he's good um is th and that's who the old guy is yeah yeah he looks so different than he used to don't really? mind me yeah i didn't think he'd aged a day <laughs> oh jeez, i think he looks like garbage i don't know 
they're pretty decent actors. I like that. And um, I can't think of his name, but the other SNL guy, he's fucking hilarious. I always like yeah. him, who played yeah. his brother. I don't know. If you want to watch a good sitcom that's an actual sitcom nowadays, I say watch The Neighborhood. That's fucking just always good. I haven't watched that either. I gotta get back into TV. It's Bernie Mac. You can never go wrong with or not Bernie Mac, Cedric was, the Entertainer. I was gonna say Mac is dead. He, I don't, he came back from the dead. The Bernie Cedric Mac show's on Peacock, though. It's always good. Yes. But enough of that. Not that we have a huge show. You know, his one sh- eye died far sooner than he did. Yes. <laughs> um, we should discuss a little bit of wrestling here. And uh, Pasty, that's going to bring us into this week, Pro Wrestling History. Last week, of course, we had our episode 187. We talked about a few murders. Well, this time, not such a murder, but still into the crime genre. Because on March 13th, 1995, Brian Adams, also known as Demolition Crush, was arrested on drugs and weapons charges after 500 units of anabolic steroids several unregistered semi-automatic weapons, a stun gun, and a large amount of marijuana were found in his home in Kona, Hawaii. Sounds like a fucking party. Sounds like a good time. You always want to mix your steroids with guns. (laughs) Adams was released on $10,275 bail five days later, but the WWF still ended up firing him. Adams would stack up 12 charges in the arrest and pled no contest to 11 of them. Despite that, Adams still served jail time for the gun possession charge, and WWF ended, bring, ended up bringing him back in August 1996 to join the new faction, Disciples of Apocalypse. <laughs> they brought him back because he was just holding them steroids for Vince. <laughs> right? Yeah. And then, ironically, he went on to form a tag team in WCW called Chronic. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Good stuff. We like old Brian Adams. I like, I like, I like Brian Adams. I just think they really missed the, they really missed, if he was a bigger star, they could have had Brian Adams do Brian Adams theme music, and that would have been awesome. (laughs) I think they just missed the boat there. They really did. (laughs) They could have convinced everybody he was the singer. That's his gimmick. <laughs> Nobody knows. Nobody buying Brian Adams tickets. <laughs> hey, Brian Adams is, is, was a, was the Canadian treasure until Beebster came up. And Beebster was the Canadian treasure until Drake came up. Who's going to be the next Canadian treasure? Find out next week. <laughs> right. I love Brian Adams. I'm sorry. Ah, you know, I was super hyped for AEW Revolution. I told you, I you said were it could be the best pay-per-view of the last decade. That's 10 years, folks. I think I was uh, probably a little overzealous. Yeah, but you know, AEW... I'm telling you, Tony Khan is the male Dixie Carter. He just has a way of overhyping things to where they can't live up to expectations, and I think it's hurting him. I it's starting to bring it back a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Things don't have to be the greatest in the world, or the biggest, or Hall of Fame, or. Well, I think after this, he's gonna have to make some changes. I don't think 
they're 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 they had a steep drop off in numbers from last week's dynamite for starters. Yeah. Due to the uh pay-per-view. Especially the ending, but not just that. This this show, which if done flawless, could have been great. Oh, turned yeah. out to be fairly middle of the road, and I would say bad for AEW pay-per-views. Right. Um I agree, and uh, we'll just start it out right off the bat with uh, <laughs> one of the was, best matches on the card, and it's yeah, on the pre-show. Was, was close to being the best match on the card, man. It's it's up there, in the top three, and it's a pre-show match. Of course, we had the uh, tag team match of Doctor Brick Britt Baker and Maki Ito defeating Rio and Thunder Rosa. Maki Ito, of course, standing in for Reba, who was injured and unable to wrestle but still had a big hand in the match. Rebel, not Reba. It's whatever. <laughs> they, they say it says both on her nameplate. I'll like figure it out one of these days. I still don't know the difference between Matt and Nick instead, uh, until <laughs> I think of MJF's little rhyme about I wish my hair was a little bit more thick. I Nick. liked on, um, on Dynamite this week, it said uh, Dr. Britt Baker with Rebel, and then in parentheses, not yeah, Reba. Not Reba. <laughs> It's because of JR. It's JR and Shivani's faults. I don't know. <laughs> they just like like Reba McIntyre. I bet JR has a huge crush on Reba McIntyre. <laughs> he probably does. <laughs> um, yeah, I think um, we should let the folks know, Pace. You and I kind of watched this together, social yes. distancing style. And you can attest when Maki Ito came out, I fucking marked out. I blew blew up. I got excited, too, because that means I don't have to watch the other half of the women's tournament <laughs> to see who she is. Yeah, because I was I don't know if it was on air last week or it was off air, but I was singing the praises of Maki Ito and about how I wished she would have been the winner so that we would have got her in America. And boy, how do AEW heard my complaints because they brought her in. And this kind of also hurt me because then I, I was like, damn, this pay-per-view is already one of the best pay-per-views ever. Right. The pre-match hasn't even started. So now I'm super hyped up, ready to go. And to be fair, this this match was awesome. It was a whole lot of fun. Maki Ito is everything you claimed and more. She is very, very entertaining, and she's going to be quickly rushing to the top of the women's division. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. There's, there's no way they can't use her because her... Her charisma alone is just awesome, and her wrestling uh, is good. Um, it is a little, little more uh, colorful or Joshi, or maybe if you want to use the term cartoonish for some people. But that's her style. If you don't like it, that's fine. Riho is gonna get um, pushed to the side a lot now, though. I think. Yeah, you know, I don't. I don't. I, sh- Maki, you know. Really makes Riho look like not much impressive. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I love her hammerhead head butt, even though it is not very effective looking. It's still, <laughs> I don't know. I just love the way that they're so like kawaii and anime. Yeah. And and it's very amusing. She, she's great to watch in the ring. And she does have a badass... Uh... She does have a badass head. She doesn't just do the hammerhead headbutt, but she'll she'll go head to head with literally with folks and mm. knock them on their asses. Britt Baker, of course, she's always good, and she seems to get a little better every time you see her. She's another one with all the charisma in the world. 
<clears throat> Thunder Rosa. Fuck, there's nothing negative you can say about Thunder Rosa. You have uh you have uh Vicky Guerrero out there doing her thing uh with uh Nyla Rose at the end. They came out and just yes. uh, just tore shit up. Set up a whole new faction, it felt like with Britt Baker, Maki Ito, uh Rebel and 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 Nyla Rose. And that's just monstrous. Yeah. And they and they were all together uh, this week on Dynamite also. Yes. So I I think this may be close a, to the main event, Fat Mac. Yeah. I think that's very important to point out because this doesn't happen very often. No, no. So this this could be the shot in the arm that the women's division needs, and um, it's uh, finally a story. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not much of a story. A faction formed. You got the seeds of a story. I hope they play it out right. And I'm not surprised that Vicky Guerrero is behind the most entertaining women's story right now. Right. She's just entertaining. I just love how if somebody's head gets near the rope, she screams, excuse me, in their ears. (laughs) That would put me out. Fucking, I'd tap out. I'll just tap out. Great, (laughs) I'm done. (laughs) Fuck this shit, I'm out of here. (laughs) And you know, for a pre-show match, they gave it a decent amount of time, damn near 15 minutes. Yeah. That's because they know... A pre-show full of fucking talking and the same promo packages we're going to see during the show is a waste of fucking time. Yeah, exactly. Because anybody who hasn't bought the pay-per-view at that point isn't. Right. You're going to get very few of those last minutes. Whoa, maybe. Yeah, this this match definitely should have been on the main card. I think there was a couple matches that could have replaced it. Um... But we'll get to that. I, I also want to talk about the, the, the six women tag match on Dynamite. How at the beginning, Makiito comes out and she's singing her theme song. And then everybody starts fighting and she just keeps singing her theme song until she's done. They even, yeah, they even cut her music. <laughs> even cut her music and she yep. still finished. She wasn't going to go in there and help her, her team until she was done singing her theme song. I thought that was awesome too. I was fucking, I was laughing. <laughs> they cut her music. No problem. I can sing a cappella. I do like also, it was real hokey, but I like when she was like trying to hit Sheeta in the head with the microphone, but she was doing it like it was a knife and she was stabbing her. Yeah. So it didn't look right, <laughs> but it was still funny. Yeah, no, I'm really excited for what they're going to do with her um, on on being the elite uh, dark in a dark order segment. They were all talking about how Anna's going to be out for a while, and they're all really sad. And oh, nobody could ever replace you, Anna. And then Maki Ito comes in, and she's like, "Hi!" and flips them off. And they're like, "Oh!" and they run out with her. Oh, really? That's cool. <laughs> yeah. She's she would be awesome on being the elite. <laughs> Gosh, she would be awesome. And. You know, she's she's fairly good with English also because obviously she's a pop star over in Japan and Right. You know, if you're gonna be anything in Japan, you have to be fairly fluent in English. That's their second language. So she'll do uh I hope the, the only thing that's gonna keep her from doing great is if she doesn't want to move to America. It could be about the only thing that could hurt her. And yeah. you know, she may have to choose between wrestling and and pop stardom or at least put one on the back burner a little bit so i'd like to see her on tour with chris jericho's band there you go it definitely wouldn't mesh well but (laughs) (laughs) but i mean you could do that once they go back to touring because then the tour could line up with where they're wrestling that week right Uh, and fucking j-pop and then have a little jericho rock (laughs) yep Oh, well, Pacey, let's get into the the quote-unquote actual pay-per-view. 
Yes, indeed. We kicked the show off, surprisingly, with the AEW Tag Team Championship match. Seeing the Young Bucks retain their gold against the inner circle represented by Jericho and the turncoat MJF. Yeah, this one, this this wasn't a bad match, but I, uh, I'll just speak for myself. When I seen these four in, in there at the same time, I guess I expected a little more, but it was fun. It was good. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Jericho isn't what Jericho always was. No. And Jericho and MJF aren't a tag team. No. They're not even friends um, anymore. But this was, <laughs> for what it was worth, it was good. There was yeah. good stuff in this match for sure. They gave him some good time. Clocked in at just under 18, 17.50 to be exact. Uh, I'm sitting here trying to think. Full disclosure, folks, I didn't take notes. We were just watching it together. I can't really think of uh, any spots in the the match right now. I'm trying to think of something to talk about, and I'm kind of drawing a blank here. I mean, it was the Young Bucks tag match, so there was all those spots. You got the normal (laughs) spots there. You Uh, know, I don't know. Yeah, because I'm pretty fuzzy on this one, too. But we were just getting settled in. It was just starting. We were bullshitting quite a bit. Oh, yeah. It was fun, though. Uh-huh. Yeah, in the better half of the matches on the card. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Then we came to a match that, that it's just difficult to have a great match one way or the other. You just got to strap in and look forward to seeing the different people involved. We had the Casino Tag Team Royale. We had, I forget how many tag teams were in it, Pasty. Uh, 20, sure. I believe. Oh, 20. But uh, but then they ended up doing something that they hadn't discussed ahead of time at all. This time they made it a Royal Rumble style match. So you had two teams in there to start it out. And every three minutes, I believe it was, another team would come out. Also slightly different from most uh, tag team battle royales is your team loses when both members are thrown out. So if one member's thrown out and the other isn't, he's still your team is still in it. Um, various different things happened in this one. Of course, you get your little feuds in the middle, stuff like that. I think the story of the night for this one is that out of 20 fucking tag teams, Pasty done picked the tag team that was going to win. I did. You know, battle Royale tag team. I did. That's more difficult to do than finding a battle Royal. That's entertaining. Yeah. That that's fucking nuts. It ended up, uh, Ray Phoenix. Well, I guess the, the other story to tell here is that Jungle Boy was eliminating people left and right. Fuck yeah. He was just taking out huge people, you know, big guys, small guys, tough guys, skinny guys. All the guys. All the guys. The referee tried to count Phoenix out because he thought he dived over the top rope, but it was through the middle ropes. That was a fun little spot. And then at one point, I never did go back and watch this yet. At one point, some mystery wrestlers in there and Pasty and I don't know who the fuck it was. And we're like, who is this motherfucker? I never did figure out who it was and I never went back and watched it. So hmm. it was kind of, that was fun. Because <laughs> you're just like, who the fuck is that? And I was like, I was just thinking the same thing. I don't know who the hell that guy is. He was just there. That was kind of cute. But nonetheless, uh, Ray Phoenix, last one in there for uh, Death Triangle. They get a shot at the tag team titles. I think they're going to take them. I think they have to. I I wish. Well, it it depends on who it is. If it's Phoenix and Pac, I think it's, I mean, I guess. I don't know. 
See, but you do that, and then they can be challenged by Omega Mo- or Moxley and and um, Kingston. Yeah. That makes more sense than the Young Bucks, Moxley, Kingston. I wouldn't even want to watch that. Oh, for sure. I just prefer, and we we talked about this also, um, I prefer Ray Phoenix and and Penta. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see which two, or if they just play the the Freebird rules and the whole time any three of them can do it. I don't know. Well, Penta's continuing a rivalry with Cody right now, so I don't think he's going to go for the tag titles. Yeah. That was a fun little promo, though, on, on Dynamite. So as of now, uh, Death Triangle is going to... I don't... Have they said when they're getting a tag title? or they, it, I don't think so. I think just that they have one. Yeah, I just think it is one. Could be next week, though. Could be. No, overall, I think this was a... For a Battle Royal, it was good. I like that they had them come in every couple of minutes. Um, kept the kept the energy focused on the people that were actually in the ring and not just oh my god, there's so much going on, I can't watch this match. Agreed. Plus, coming in and tag teams kind of speeds the whole thing up. It it was a good thing, and I think they should keep doing that. Um, there was no wild card, which is weird for AEW Battle Royal, right? Yeah, it's the first time that first time for a lot of stuff in this match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, lots, lots of fun. Then we have the AEW Women's Championship, seeing Hikaru Shida defeat Ryu Mizunami to retain her gold in a pretty um. <sighs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> this should have been the women's match of the night, and it wasn't. Um. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Rio Mizunami is not like championship material, I guess. Maybe, maybe, maybe back home, but I, I don't think she meshes with the states well enough. Right. Yeah. Neither one of these ladies seemed horribly into it either. They didn't have yeah. that fire. And uh, you can't you can't blame AEW. They gave them plenty of time. Fifteen minutes, ten seconds. There's there's no reason these two ladies who are both talented, shouldn't have had a barn burner of a match, but they didn't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's good stuff. I like I like Rio's character play, but I think that takes a little bit too much away from her ability. I think Maki Ito's just got her beat in that category. Right, right. I, li- I do like her miming the rope, though. That's kind of yeah. fun when she mimes the rope and all that, but she kind of... I don't think she she puts her character play in the right spots, at least for me during the match. It, it almost comes out as an awkward spot or like they're making time for her to do it instead of her doing it when she has time, I guess. Right, yeah. But, yeah, it, this wasn't a horrible match, but definitely, definitely It was on the disappointing side of the card. Yeah, it should have been better. <laughs> and I, I mentioned this when you and I were watching it. I, I never want to to relegate the AEW Women's Championship to the pre-show, but man, I would not have been disappointed if this was the pre-show and the tag match ended up taking this spot. Right, yeah. Or the next match, for that matter. That's true, because the next match we see the Miro and Kip Sabian defeat the best friends represented by Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. 
Man, they gave him seven minutes and 50 seconds, and I would say that's five minutes too long for this match. Um, <laughs> I mean, Miro did some good shit. He looked strong in this match. That was cool. They did make him look strong, and he didn't screw anything up, so he's he's improving. I still think this should have been the pre-show match. Out of all the matches I would have eliminated from the card, it's this one. You know, my favorite wrestler in this all four of these guys is probably Chucky T. Chuck Taylor. And he was probably the most underwhelming in the match. Mm-hmm. Kip Sabin, I can always do without. Orange Cassidy, he was Orange Cassidy, but he wasn't Orange Cassidy at his top level. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. Just, was, just in like one spot. Yeah, he was kind of phoning it in Orange Cassidy, which you would think is Orange Cassidy, but you can tell when he's phoning in, it's phoning in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. He's got so many modes. <laughs> right. <laughs> um... So yeah, all in all, this one, I mean, I'd I'd hang my hat on worst match of the night. Yeah, yeah. But it wasn't all that bad. It's just other things could have used the time spot. Um, I guess out of this, we're gonna get something amusing. We're getting Miro and Kip Sabian versus Cassidy and Chuck Taylor in some kind of uh, arcade lumberjack match where there's a bunch of arcade machines around the ringside and they're gonna destroy them what with themselves you didn't see that promo on dynamite no i must have yeah i've been doing something i didn't yeah. see that at all there it's it's chuck <laughs> taylor walking through an arcade and orange cassidy's sitting at one of the car machines and, and and he tells cassidy you didn't even put a quarter in and cassidy gets up but um yeah they cut this promo about how Miro and Kip Sabian love their video games so much. So now they're going to have a match where there's a bunch of video games around the ring and their arcade machines or whatever. And, and they're going to put their heads through all of them. And then Orange Cassidy's like, and then we're going to break you. Mm. I mean, I'll have to see it. It, it seems yeah. like it could go either way. <laughs> I don't think anybody's head is strong enough to go through a fucking arcade cabinet glass. Well, obviously it's going to be working. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't shoot arcade cabinets. These is working arcade cabinets. It could be fun, though. It'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting. I didn't see that at all. <laughs> That's, uh, like I said, that sounds like it could go either way. It could be either really fun or really dumb, so. Oh, and if, if they lose, Chuck Taylor is going to be Miro's slave for life. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> So yeah, that's that's gonna be intriguing. And then we had the big money match, seeing Adam Page defeat Big Money Matt Hardy, who's not Big Money no mo, because his first quarter earnings now belong to Hangman Page, who gave most of the money back to AEW and bought a lawnmower. <laughs> <laughs> Yep, that, that's, that was the fucking payoff of this feud, folks. <laughs> Eggman Page bought a lawnmower. It's bigger than Matt Hardy's lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, but Matt Hardy has Senior Benjamin to do his groundwork. He doesn't need a lawnmower. <laughs> yeah, this, this was, this was a, a, a decent match. Yeah. I like Hangman Page, and I think he gets better constantly. I can't wait till they finally give him the opportunity at the title he deserves. He should be the one to eventually dethrone Omega, right? 
Omega. You know, I I don't know. Their their roster keeps getting so stacked, and so many people are advancing their characters and abilities that <clears throat> a year ago I would have said it's a shoe in that Adam Page gets the title. Now, oh, I don't. It's know. hard to get to the top these days, isn't it? I think there's so many people I could see before him, and would rather see. To be honest, it's just just hard to say. Um. Yeah, just just hard to say, honestly. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was definitely a fun match. It was. And then we had a, a, a really fun match. We had a ladder match for the number one contender to the TNT Championship and the face of the revolution. They really never explained what that means. But it's a tagline, buddy. Uh, and we've seen, surprisingly, but not disappointingly, Scorpio Sky ended up winning. He grabbed the brass ring. By the way, folks, they had a giant brass ring above the mat in a kind of thinly, like thinly veiled jab at Vince McMahon and his grab the brass ring. Uh, but I loved it. I've seen a lot of hate on the internet about what it looked like. And, I mean, I don't know. What do you want a brass ring to look like? Right. Yeah. It's got to be big enough, you know, it can't just be a hoop. Oh, they got a hula hoop. Yeah, and you can't just have a literal, you know, ring that goes on your finger because, well, that's dumb. Does, Plus, everybody in that company enough. loves video games, so of course, if they think, what's a ring look like? Well, Sonic. Right? That's exactly what it looks like, that, that ring that you jumped in on Sonic to go to the uh, bonus level. So, Scorpio Sky won. But, man, he beat some really good talents, including Cody Rhodes, Penta El Sierro Miedo, Lance Archer, the Murderhawk, Max, Max Caster, and a debuting Ethan Page, which uh, was really awesome. That was huge. So, so far in the pay-per-view, we've had two debuts, Maki Ito and Ethan Page, and Face the old fat Mac is sitting at home saying, I'm happy with all of them so far. <laughs> right? It's a good time. This was a lot of fun. Lots of real big angles. Um, they had a really shittily marked worked ladder. <laughs> well, no, it was marked really well, actually, because <laughs> you can see it by the way. <laughs> yeah, they took a dive through the one ladder, and it just split straight down the middle, right where it's marked red. Yeah, thick red tape. Like you couldn't miss it if you wanted to. Uh, I always call that out when WWE does it, so I had to call it out when AEW did it too. Right. You can tell the difference when free, between shoot ladders and working ladders when they break. Right. Trust me. The thing is, if they're painted black, then why wouldn't you just file the corners down so that the silver shows again? You know? Right. Then, then the fans aren't going to see that shit. I mean, maybe it's a little bit more difficult to see for the wrestlers, but they should be able to figure it out. I don't know. There's better ways to do that. Max Caster looked really good in this match. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing more of him, whether it's tagging or or solos. Yeah, he actually uh he did better than I expected him to. I thought he was just gonna be the knockaround guy, quote unquote. And, uh we're not talking about Vin Diesel, but and no, he actually he got some good stuff in. Actually, kinda everybody got some good stuff in, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I think when I seen Ethan Page debut, I thought it was a shoe in that he was going to win. So 
I give AEW credit that they didn't just let him win on his debut. I think they had to give it to Scorpio Sky because every time they're about to push Scorpio Sky, a new guy debuts and takes the spot. <laughs> you know, it's literally happened like six times since the inception of this company. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss on uh, Dynamite this week. Scorpio Sky got that chance at the TNT Championship against... Um, Darby, Darby Allen. Allen. <laughs> Thank you. My mind just hiccuped for a second. Young but, Stang. Um, he, he, he didn't win, sadly, but man, there was an awesome spot in there when Darby Allen did a suicide dive through the bottom and middle rope, and Scorpio Sky caught him on the outside with a fucking diamond cutter. Plambo! Fuck yeah, dude. That had to be perfect timing. I mean... Um, but... That was Wednesday. This match had a lot of big, scary moments. Uh, well, they didn't have a lot of big, scary moments, but they did have some good, looked like well-thought-out moments that, that had some big impact, looked painful. And a lot towards the end, there was a few false finishes that you believed could have been it. So I like it when they do that, and it's not too obvious. In fact, by the time Scorpio Sky went up there and got it, I really didn't think he was going to get it. <laughs> right, yep, yep. So I very much enjoy that. Penta didn't do a lot in this match, surprisingly, um, but he did take a nice big bump. He did the, didn't he do the package pile driver to Cody through the the fuck yeah, the, uh, not through it. That, no, no, no. I thought oh. it was the one that wasn't oh, marked. That's right. that it didn't, didn't break. break. That's and then they right. left it up for like fifteen minutes after that. Or <laughs> yeah, not fifteen because I think the whole match is about that. <laughs> the whole match is twenty minutes. So it could have yeah. been damn near fifteen. <laughs> it was it was sitting there for a long time and then just got taken down. Yeah. <laughs> I kept waiting for something else to happen there and it didn't. But yeah, you're right. It didn't break, which uh which man, that I feel bad for Penta. <laughs> right. <laughs> that could not have felt good on his poor body. No. Fuck. All in all, I think everybody looked good though. Definitely. Definitely. Ethan Page didn't look good on Dynamite this week when the NBA kept overcutting his promo yeah. package and stuff, and then his entire match, and it literally stopped after his match. I know. That's shitty. Are they going to make that storyline like Impact is doing that because they're still pissed that he left and <laughs> killing him wasn't enough? They seem to, right now, their go-to seems to be blame Impact <laughs> if something goes wrong, so <laughs> could be. I mean, it's fair game, damn it. <laughs> Impact is is at fault for him. You know, hey, and just in all honesty here, every time AEW mentions Impact, I, it sucks to me when they're burying them. But man, if they mention Impact, that's more people that hear Impact and might want to go check it out. So I'm I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, then we had the tag team street fight. Seeing Darby Allen and Sting take on Team Taz is Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, and one hell of a cinematic match. This was fun. This may be one of the best composed cinematic matches I've seen. Right, right. It wasn't uh, it wasn't overly edited and cut. Although there were some things. I would have cut, first of all... Like the we, strudels? We had the strudels, yep. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you who don't know wrestling lingos, a strudel is, is a sting druid. <laughs> and there was about ah, 15, 20 of them. Yeah, I'd say about 20. That uh, came to 
a ring set up in a warehouse. <laughs> we're in a street fight, but we're in a warehouse in a ring. Yep. Kind of weird, but you know, we give them a pass. And and all these strudels are surrounding the ring. And then, like three minutes into the match, they just walk off camera and are never seen again. Never seen again. <laughs> so that was kind of weird. They're not as useful as Undertaker's <laughs> druids. I I did like that they they split the team up. They're a little flaky. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I I did like they they split it up. You had. Darby Allen and Brian Cage kind of wrestled their way up some stairs and over there and Sting and Starks kind of stayed in the ring at the beginning and we're working it over there. So I think it was directed very well to where you got a lot of good action and they ended up meeting up together on the third floor, second floor. I don't remember. I think it was the second floor. Yeah. Cause that's the floor that Darby Allen dove off in the finish on cage. Um, yeah, no, Darby got put through some glass and it looked really fucking good. Looked really good. <coughs> Sting broke his bat on Brian Cage. That, that was after Brian Cage gave Sting his bat back. <laughs> Sting like dropped his, his bat and now Sting's on one. There's a big hole in the middle and Sting's on one side and. Cage is on the other. Cage picks up Sting's bat and he starts walking over to Sting. And then he just throws the bat over to Sting. <laughs> and what made it even worse is he's got like, I don't know, 45 seconds, a minute that Cage is walking around to get to Sting. And Sting never picks the bat up until Cage is almost right there. And then Cage snatches it from him. It was kind of uh, funny. There was some fun, stuff. cute stuff, but it was... They did good. The They made it look good. It looked grimy and gritty. Oh, yeah. Everywhere they used Sting had a point and an impact, and Sting looked fucking amazing in this match. Right. They, they did what you're supposed to do in a cinematic match, and they hid his weaknesses and accentuated his positives. Beautiful, beautiful. This was fun. This was fun. This was. I also love the duo face paint where half was Sting and half was Darby. Yes, they both had that. Thank you for pointing that out because I forgot about that. And you caught that when he was like a block away. And I was like, yeah, yeah. what are you talking about? It's just Sting makeup. And you're like, no. <laughs> and then they did a close-up. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. This was one I was actually kind of surprised when I was looking at the. the you think time. Darby cried while he was painting Sting's face? I hope he didn't. Like, <laughs> I get to put my face paint on Sting's face. I might have cried a little bit. <laughs> Bald like a baby. <laughs> Sting doesn't want to work with me no more. <laughs> I was surprised to see that this was only 13 minutes, 40 seconds. It felt longer than that, which yeah. is good, in a good way, not in a bad yeah. way. It didn't drag. I was just like, I thought, I thought it was close to 20 minutes or so, and it did under 15 not bad at all I, I like that very good stuff. they got it in got it out and they, they used their time correctly to make it feel like it filled up more than it did i can't wait till they bring back surfer sting and then we get surfer darby allen <laughs> it would work with the whole skateboard and shit, you know? <laughs> right yeah <laughs> surfer darby or if they or even if sting doesn't come back as surfer sting but darby allen <laughs> just shows up yeah, shows up in his colorful stuff, blonde. Well, he's already got the sting hair, pretty much. It would be white face paint with red instead of black. Could be, be good. funny. 
yeah, that was that. Really good. I enjoyed that. And then we had the AEW World Championship Exploding Barbed Wire Death Match, seeing Kenny Omega retain his title against John Moxley in a very, very bloody and brutal match. Um, a bloody and strudel match. Strudel, strudel. <laughs> you know, it was. The match I, was fucking good. The mat. The match was good. I've seen barbed wire death matches, and these. This was a little different. They did a few different things, um, but then they played to like the, the ref being in a fucking hazmat suit. <laughs> that was my favorite part. I think. <laughs> Which still uh, makes no sense to me. I don't get what a hazmat suit is supposed to help. They ripped his arms off at one point. Well, no, they ripped the arms off the hazmat suit. Let's let's not oversell it here, basically. I gotta seen, give him something because it's not very good for food. very long. People are like, holy shit, they ripped his arms off. Um, you know, they, they they played the hits. Anybody who has watched these with uh whenever they touch the barbed wire ropes. You know, they were electrified, so they'd spend half the time shaking, which is cool. I like that they sell that. What I didn't like was Kenny Omega sold that he was blinded every time that John Moxley got shot. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of took a lot out of it. So yeah. every time John Moxley got thrown into the barbed wire and a, and a pyro went off, they're both laying on the ground. You know, and this match really showed, and I'm going to call him the fuck out for this, Kenny Omega is a pussy when it comes to hardcore matches. Mox took all the good shit. Yeah, Kenny he's Omega's the one who boy. bled. <laughs> Kenny Omega is a puss, and and I was hoping to see him get bloody, and we just did not get that. I their first match, I think he he went further. And pasty, we we missed this at the beginning of this match, and we got to talk about it. There's barbed wire on three sides three of the side. ring. <laughs> well, how else are you supposed to get in and out? So there's one side of the ring. There's just regular ropes for no reason. And the other three sides had regular ropes, but they were, uh, but they also had barbed wire going across them. Yeah, there were some, um, first of all, I hope AEW just learns their lesson and never does another exploding ring match. Yeah. Just 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 wash your hands of it. It's not cool. necessary and it really didn't add much even when it was working. Yeah. Um stick to the but if they do do another barbed wire match, I hope they learn from a few of their mistakes here also. Um I don't think the outside barbed wire was used well enough. In fact, I think they only used one, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was only one. Um just on hard cam side. You know, I know they like to, well, nobody even got to bounce off the ropes, so I still don't get the point of having the ropes on there. I would have just Moxley was thrown wire. into the ropes a couple of times. Well, and no, then I mean, like, but they never used them, like, to perform moves. So I'm right, saying yeah. to get rid of the ropes altogether and just string it with just barbed wire. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because there was no, like, Irish whip rebound off the ropes. Yeah. You hit the rope, the explosion went off, and the moment, momentum was dead. Yeah. So get the ropes out of there completely. Use the outside ones. Then there was the part where Moxley grabbed the barbed wire <laughs> and wrapped it around his fucking bicep as tight as he could for reasons that still evade me. See, I, I think what happened, <laughs> and it looked really stupid. <laughs> but you know what? I will say one thing. This match showed that these people were not ready to um 
to improv in this match. They must have had this match like down point by point by point because when things didn't quite go right, it looked really awkward. Yeah. I think what happened was uh, Moxley had cut a piece of barbed wire and I think he was going to wrap it around his arm and rake it across Mox or um, uh, Omega's face or maybe like hit him with a lariat. But he, he cut a piece that's too, it was small, too short. <laughs> so he had to like stretch it across his arm. So now it's like digging into his arm. And you can see he's sitting there thinking like, do I cut another piece? Do I use this? What do I do? And then he stood there for like 45 seconds. And then Omega got up and then they started wrestling. He didn't even use it. It's like, well, fuck. And then the next time he had barbed wire in his hands, it was like 10 feet of it. Yeah, he made sure that time he looped it around about seven times. The motherfucker, I got enough now. Uh, the match was fun. It had some issues, but all in all, if they, if this hadn't, if you'd have taken away all of the explosions or even just the final moment, which I'm sure we're going to get to, but I'm sure everybody's already heard about. Yeah. This match would have been tons better. Kenny Omega hit a one wing angel on John Moxley who didn't kick out, but he did kick the ropes to trigger an explosion. Right. Right. That was kind of fun. That was good. I liked that. They're still protecting the one winged angel. And right. Because, you know, storyline wise, it's an electrified rope. If Moxley hits it, then if Omega's touching him, he's electrocuted too. Bam. There you go. He's off of him. So, yeah, that was really awesome. I liked that. They did protect the one winged angel. Yeah. <sighs> Do we get to the ending now? I think we have to. I don't. What? What? <clears throat> I mean, other than Mox bled pretty good for a while and then stopped bleeding pretty good. And then. I don't know. I was just more upset that Kenny Omega wasn't like partaking in the fun, I guess. Right. It was very one-sided, the hardcore aspect of it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, we can move on to the finish. Well, the finish happened when... Uh, <clears throat> Good Brothers came out and interfered. Uh, I'm trying to think of how it even ended. What the fuck was the, the finish? The actual finish of the mat, like the actual move and finish... I don't remember what the fuck happened. I think it was another one-winged angel, but it was after a sustained beatdown by Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. Good Brothers. Okay, yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think it was. So that happened. <clears throat> I guess we didn't mention at the beginning either. We should have. I should have just took a screenshot of the rules so we could go down the rules because they were worded very awkward also. But there was a 30-minute time limit on this match, and if the match were to go over 30 minutes, at 30 minutes the entire ring would explode. Well, it went like 20 minutes, 25. I think it was about 25 minutes. Yeah, it went 25 minutes. And then it was over. But then for the only reason... So then the ring is still going to explode, and the only reason given was there's there's no emergency kill switch on. (laughs) And I'm like... there shouldn't even be an emergency kill switch, isn't there? Haven't you seen a movie? There's always a way to disarm <laughs> Right? Bomb. So it's like, first of all, why? What, what was the point? Why? That was stupid. Second of all, why didn't you just go the extra five minutes and have it blow up in there? Um, I don't know. So now you had this, this lapse of time where Moxley is in the ring. They're just beating the shit out of him. And they're kind of going slow too. I think I think it ended yeah. early because they seemed like they were really stretching for time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the beatdown angle went far too long. 
And then the timer finally starts going off, and they all run out, and out comes Eddie Kingston, which is awesome. We're like, fuck yeah. And he gets in the ring, and he tries to get mocks up. Like, come on, dude. Come on, you got to get up. We're going to die if you don't get up. And then he won't get up. And so Kingston lays on top of him. Five, four, three, two, one. Four sparklers go off from the ring corners. And there's like one ring explosion outside, <laughs> which is just akin to if they would have hit the ropes. Yeah. Yep. God damn it. And uh, <clears throat> But that's not all. Kingston was covering his head. He didn't know that the explosion wasn't grand whatsoever because he died. Yeah. yeah. He sold that. He was just out. He laid on top of Mox until people came out to the ring and pulled him off. And I'm sure they're telling him, you know, the explosion didn't go like we planned it. It was really small. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't just get up and sell it like Kenny Omega doesn't know how to build a bomb. Right. You know, but he was literally dead the entire rest of the <laughs> and it was a long time it was a long time they, they could have ended it down. they had i don't know why they let it run so long because it wasn't worth it no you no. could hear the audience booing loudly oh yes the audience oh. was pissed it the broke my heart few, that's probably the loudest i've heard an audience since the pandemic <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that's bad because it wasn't good this is where you know, there's a couple things. <clears throat> First of all, when the match ended and then there's like five minutes left until the thing blows up. This is where I think, I don't know this happened, but I'm guessing that they were using legit time. And they're like, well, there's still five minutes left. Where WWE would have been like, nope, there's not five minutes left. Start the 10, 10 second counter, you know. Well, you know, there's no kill switch. There's no engage either. <laughs> So I, I think in a WWE or something, they, they, they had the Amish the, built the bomb. They would have started the counter right away and got that over with. And the other thing is the only thing I can think pasty, why they, they lingered on it so much. Um, if, if you order pay-per-view slots, there's a, a minimum and a maximum time that you have to fill without having to give refunds out. So I'm guessing maybe they had time left that they, were obligated to fill. I guess it was but a even, four hour pay-per-view, but even so then they're already like, paying for the extra time. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. Do you cut to the announcers, but then what the fuck do the announcers say? Right. They were selling. You can't like trust like, JR to fix this. <laughs> no. Cause they were selling it. Like it was a real bomb. Like <laughs> they made it sound like, Oh my God. So it's like, I don't know. I don't know what the, I just run a commercial, run a commercial. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pay-per-view. There are no commercials. Run a commercial. You should have a fucking ad for Impact Wrestling queued up or something. There you go. <laughs> you can shout them out sometimes too, Tony. And you know, this this wasn't a horrible pay-per-view, but uh, even down the line, it wasn't the best pay-per-view. Yeah. But man, even the best pay-per-view can be ruined by a bad ending. And this was a Ooh. bad, bad ending. It broke my heart, man. It wasn't the pay-per-view I thought it was going to be. And we knew that about three matches in. They yep. started it, you know, with the tag team match to start it off good. But then it was like they started out, you know, the whole rest of the card built up to a crescendo. And the crescendo <laughs> was sparklers. four fucking sparklers <laughs> and a poof. 
and it broke yeah. my heart in so many pieces. I'm not even mad. You know, it's it, it's a thing that happens. And as you told me leading up to this, if the pyro is not right, if everything doesn't go perfect, it's going to be bullshit. Yeah. Well, and even, I mean, if you watch the Oneida ones, they're not that bad. But yeah, it's, it's sparklers shooting out of the corners. It's a few concussions going off. It's uh, a lot of smoke machine smoke. And then you gotta have those- like airbags under the ring so it like pops up a little bit. You see, know that what I mean? Been cool. There, there's so much yeah. things that see Oneida's group that didn't have money, and there's and they did. They also stop. didn't have they, safety regulations. That's true. They didn't have safety <laughs> regulations, and they were smart enough to do it in a in an open air outside. Yeah. Where well, um, this arena's technically an open air arena. Most of it's open to the outside. Yeah. It um. But I, I would have hoped, you know, with the extra money they have, that they could have done a little more with the pyro. I would have hoped that they had concussions. You would have thought. I mean, you can't. You tell know, me I gotta say, work, so they didn't have a smoke. Kenny machine. Omega's entrance on Dynamite this week had better pyro than the exploding barbed wire yeah. death match. You know, no concussions. Concussions are, you know, you really need the concussion. Right. If you want to sell it more, have all the stage pyro go off at the same time. Yep. Why not? It, it's flash, more explosion to see. Flash the lights or even turn the lights out. Um, and then, like you said, you know, they got AEW has the money. They could have made the ring collapse like it, like WWE has done so many times. Yeah, that would have been cool. It, I mean, it wouldn't have been with four sparklers in the ring. collapse. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, you nobody, know, the sparklers should have been used for corner spots where one guy's in the corner, the one climbs up to the second turnbuckle, and the sparklers go up. That would have been cool. That would have been cool. Goldberg would sign on for it. Oh fuck yeah, he would. <laughs> and you know, nobody outside of the business end of AEW knows what happened. Really, um, there's storyline reasons. You know, either Impact did it or. Uh, Omega doesn't know how to make a bomb. And then Omega was like, we just thought, hey, they're going to look like idiots. So we just didn't do it. And we took it away from you. Your Viking burial at sea. We took that away. Yeah. And then um, they and offered then, way too many excuses on dynamite, but they were all kind of humorous enough that I'm like, yeah, this yeah. Works. it works. And then, you know, publicly, I, I have seen um, AEW said that the pyrotechnics company screwed up rigging it. The pyrotechnics company has come out and said, we did everything AEW asked us to do. What you've seen is what they wanted. So you got some back and forth there. It it doesn't even matter whose fault it is, really. The thing is, they need to just, the smartest thing to do, they, they did acknowledge it on Wednesday. Now just walk past it. Now pull the WWE and it never happened. You know what I mean? We'll never you don't think they could call back to it in a couple of joke spots? I feel like I, if I it's used say, for I would jokes. say in recent time, I'd say maybe, you know, yeah. down the line a few months or a year later when they have a different uh, feud going and somebody mentions it, but I, I wouldn't bring it up too much right now. I don't know. Yeah. <sighs> I'm just glad they did a fairly decent job at, at clearing it all up on Dynamite. Um, that at least made me laugh enough that I didn't care anymore. Right, right. They um, over-explained it, but it, it was better than not mentioning it at all. You have to mention the elephant in the room at that point. Yeah. But I, I feel like that, that brought it down like a full letter grade from where it would have been had it been a better finish. So now that you bring that up, let's let's 
<clears throat> talk about our official reactions. Uh, Me and Ray best- Phoenix whooped your ass, by the way. Yes, yes, Pasty, Pasty ended up winning this one. I actually thought you you won by a lot more, but you and I had a lot of the same picks, so I think that evened it out. But yes, Pasty beat me six to five, two in a row that you've beat me, Pasty. Yes, one had three matches. One had three. Hey, <laughs> doesn't matter how many matches they are. You had, you won more than it's I okay. did. I won off of Ray Phoenix. That's the way I'm looking at this. That's, you did. I Ray that's Phoenix 50. took it home for you. And by the way, if we would have tied, you would have won the tiebreaker also because it was, is it one surprise or more than one? And you picked more than one and there was three. Oh, shit. We never even mentioned Christian Cage, Pasty. Pasty? Are you there, Pasty? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, shit. Oh, woo. <laughs> Scared me. All he did was walk out to the ring and stand there and then walk out. Well, he. <laughs> there was a fucking podium. <laughs> there was a. <laughs> they brought a podium out before they announced that the the signee was coming out, and he just walks past the podium, goes into the ring, signs a fucking contract, drops it. I think didn't he just drop it in the ring, or did he carry it back with him? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he dropped it in the ring. Either way, then he just walked back, didn't say a word, never stopped at the podium. Why'd you bring out a podium? (laughs) (laughs) Why'd you bring out? And to be honest, that podium was there to hide all the controls for the explosives. (laughs) Right. Yeah, that was the that was the station for the explosions. I, I love Christian Cage, a uh, huge fan of his, and I think he's going to do great here. He's definitely world championship material. Yes, um, he can do great things in front of the ring or in front of the camera and behind. But I'm not going to lie; I was happier to see Maki Ito and Ethan Page than I was Christian Cage. No, I'll say the same. I'll say the same, and I think it's about damn time AEW starts signing some exciting names that aren't from WWE. Right, Ethan Page to me is a huge get. Now, it seems to me like Christian is going to be getting a quick shot at at, at, at the title, which is kind of wrong because he that's, hasn't climbed the ladder. That's what it looked like from Wednesday. Yeah, but I'll take that match, and Christian ain't going to beat him anyway, so. Right. Hopefully it'll be good. Uh, looking forward to seeing what he has to do. He still hasn't really spoke. No, he hasn't really done much, which which is which isn't bad. Well, I didn't know though that's history. the pain because when you get signed to AEW, you don't have a match until the week after you speak. Right. <laughs> so he needs to hurry up and talk. They've got, they've got a system going, and that's how it works. <laughs> Sting had to talk how many weeks before he got a match? <laughs> like two months. Yeah. And it was all the same kind of thing. Uh so that being said, um, best match of the night, Pacey, I'm going to go with the uh, ladder match. I think the ladder match had so many fun spots. Um, this was kind of a, a t- there was three of them for me, although one I don't think I can pick because it's the pre-show. So there were two. You know, that- I almost picked that. <laughs> it there would were- be mean to. It would be mean. It doesn't even count towards their points. <clears throat> Especially since, to be fair, the, the people in the ladder match and in the other match I'm thinking of really worked worked hard and, and put a lot into it. I'm going with the ladder match. What say you, Pasty? Ooh, yeah, I'm, I think I'm right there with you on the ladder match. And I think you and I have the same match that's almost w- could have won it. 
Street Fight? Yeah. 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 But it's not the best cinematic match I've seen. That's the one problem. No. Like the cinematography was amazing, but you got to somehow beat the fiend and, and, and John Cena at WrestleMania. And I don't think anybody's going to beat that. That's wild madness. I don't know. So then pasty, uh, final grade total for the pay-per-view. I'm going a B minus. I think I think even with it not meeting my standards, it still would have been an A minus if that fucking finish hadn't shattered my heart into a million pieces. I think I'm about right with you. I'd call it a B minus, and yeah, it definitely um they they hurt themselves. There there are a few technical issues, a few <clears throat> I mean, it, I don't even think it's the people. There's a few issues. They could have changed some matches around. They obviously yeah. could have uh, changed some expectations, some build up. Obviously, the ending. So I think it's more of a more of a behind the scenes company thing that kind of hurt this pay per view more than the, the actual people themselves. But I agree. I'm going to go with B minus. I think that's about right. Which again yeah. is, is a solid match, but just not what or a solid grade, I should say. Just not what it could have been. Yeah. Yep. Let's hope uh, their pay-per-views are all better than this going forward. Yeah. Get the dud out of the way early in the year and, and move on. The dud at your pinnacle pay-per-view of the year. <laughs> that that hurts, man. I don't think WrestleMania is going to be any better, though. Especially not running over two nights. And now fucking so is TakeOver. And now they've officially put TakeOver at two oh. nights. Yeah. Ugh. I might even miss TakeOver. Man. I don't know. <laughs> I'm probably actually, picking one night or the other, but I know I was, they're both going to have sick-ass main events. I was just going to say, we should we should, uh, each, we should should each each get designated a night. Oh, hell no. Manual. I'm watching <laughs> O'Reilly versus Cole. You ain't taking that from me. <laughs> Oof. I don't want to get stuck with Balor Cross. <laughs> I'll watch I'm that. no fool, Fat uh, Mac. Hey, hey, I'll watch that one. I'll just, I'll just go and watch the one match, O'Reilly and Cole, but... I, I think we could take each take one night. And Honestly, just, I'd rather watch Takeover than WrestleMania. So I don't know. I, well, I, I I'm not I'm not going to sit down and watch the two WrestleManias while you get the Takeover. So <laughs> I guess we're both stuck just doing whatever the fuck we do. Yeah, I'll probably watch it all because it's WrestleMania week. <sighs> well, Pasty, we need to be moving on. Um, yes, we hey, do. We got a good hour out of Revolution, damn near. So. <clears throat> Well, they got them. four, so it's only fair. That's true. That's true. <laughs> we got a good shortage sentinel this week. In fact, we just have one story from each subject. <laughs> it's the shortest sentinel. <laughs> uh, we got the starting off with the uh, trademark Max. news. Yeah, Fat Mac's favorite kind of news. We got the trademark news. WWE filed. Should we trademark. trademark trademark news? We should. Can we do that? <laughs> Fake news, trademark news. <laughs> WWE has filed a trademark two names for general entertainment and pro wrestling use. WWE filed to trademark the term symbiosis on March 5th. And then on March 10th, the company filed to trademark the Frankie Monet name. Currently, there is no idea on what or who symbiosis or Frankie Monet will be for or if they are related or not. I can only assume it's a Venom movie sequel tie-in. <laughs> I'm, I can't. I <laughs> Symbiote, symbiosis, that's where I always go when it comes to that shit. 
I hope not. But um, <clears throat> I I'm gonna say one thing. I like the name Frankie Monet. That's good. Yeah, that's a good name. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what his symbiosis is. Yeah, I don't know if that's gonna. Maybe it's gonna be a new uh, pay per view. Who knows? That sounds terrible. <laughs> what does it even have to do with anything? I don't know. I mean, I guess Randy Orton's throwing up black shit now because of the fiend and, and Alexa Bliss. Maybe it's got something to do with that. That's venomy. I heard that was just because he he used his jewel too much. <laughs> He's just coughing that shit up. <laughs> Kids don't vape. Moving on into comings and goings. WWE has recently hired back John Laurinaitis. For the people. Woo! Everybody's favorite. Or people power. That's what it is, right? Yes. They hired him in a role similar to the one he performed in WWE from 2004 to 2012. Laurinaitis was originally hired by WWE in 2001 as a road agent. Prior to that, he had been working as an executive with WCW briefly replacing Vince Russo as head booker in the late stages of the company. And it showed, boy, it showed. <laughs> <laughs> it will be Laurinaitis' first time back with the company. Should I be reading this in his voice? It'll be Laurinaitis' first time back with the company in a full-time role since 2012. Dude, you're gonna if you do that just for this segment the rest of the week, you're going to sound like JR on Revolution. <laughs> He was a soldier. I tip my hat to him. He made it four fucking hours and didn't complain once. Yeah, he didn't talk. He also didn't tell us why. (laughs) He was huffing fireworks all week. That's why those explosions didn't go off. (laughs) I tell you, Pyro just gets me going. Uh, His official title will be General Manager Talent Relations. WWE is splitting the talent relations department into two separate divisions. You know, Triple H did it just fine on his own. Triple Edge? Triple H. There you go. Triple Edge. I like the Triple Edge. That'd be a cool wrestling baby. (laughs) Laurinaitis will head the talent management division, while talent branding will focus on booking WWE superstars for appearance in television, movies, and other third-party engagements. <laughs> like Cameo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Interesting. Well, good for Johnny coming back, man. He uh, He's a trooper. God, I hate him. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, you and JR both, man. JR uh, can't stand the fucker. Bruce All I know best. is that... Uh, he's a Bella now. <clears throat> All I know is that uh, Giant Baba's wife was really into him. And what's good enough for Giant Baba's wife is good enough for me. (laughs) Um, It is sad, though, that we lost the good Laurinaitis way too early. Yes. Up next, injury report. Always a sad one, but we only got one here. But it's really not good. I, I, I didn't know this. This is the first time I've heard anything about this. Basie, as some of us may have noticed... Uh, a big part of the women's division, no pun intended, was Big Swole. A but big recently, swollen part of the women's division, no pun intended. Recently, we haven't uh, seen her a lot. In fact, she only wrestled once in this actual calendar year. She defeated Alex Gracia on an episode of AEW Dark on January 7th. We haven't seen her since. Well, it seems the reason for her absence is due to flare-ups of her Crohn's disease, 
She recently tweeted, this past year has been filled with ups and a lot of downs. After my bout with pneumonia early last year, I was informed that resuming medication for Crohn's would result in death given the COVID-19 circumstances. Rough. I don't know if somebody actually told her she'd die, (laughs) but how about you could die? Um, Seeing as how the biologic I was on shut down my immune system, that must be a medication or something, I don't know. Uh, Resuming my medication was not an option. So... Just another way that COVID-19 affects people in various ways. This poor girl, it's either let your Crohn's flare up or die from COVID. Those are your two options. Holy fuck, that sucks. That is fucked up. So what is the is the medicine for Crohn's disease, COVID-19? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but um, I feel bad for Big Swole. She was, she was definitely starting an, uh, <clears throat> to get a push. Uh, pushing AEW's women's division doesn't mean much, but this may be great for her. Maybe after all this is said and done and she comes back, she's going to come back to a stronger women's division and she can make a big impact. It's already a stronger women's division and there's barely a storyline going on. I love it. I don't Uh, love that there aren't storylines, but I hear you. Well, they're, they're doing what they can and they're using the right people in this, in this setting too. It's, it's good. Yeah. Uh, Get better, Big Swole. We miss you. And God, I feel bad. That's just rough. That's just so shitty. That is just, like I said, just another. This COVID-19 hits people in so many different ways that you don't even think about. Yeah. And that is, that is another one. You know, sometimes you have to make a sacrifice. As Big Swole did. That is true, Pasty, and uh, no company knows about making sacrifices more than Impact Wrestling. In their long-storied history, boy, they've they've made a lot of sacrifices, went through a lot of downs, but they always come back up. They're like the proverbial phoenix rising from the ashes. And I think that's a perfect way to start out Impact Sacrifice 2021 predictions, pasty. Yes, it's going to be a fun show. This, this, is, one this should be really good. good. Um, don't overhype yourself, pasty. Just, just. It's going to be the best show today. in the last 50 years. <laughs> it's going to be the best show in the last week. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be the best pay-per-view in the last week, damn it. <laughs> uh, starting things off, possibly tag team of Havoc and Nevea. Taking on the team of Tanel Dashwood and Caleb with a K. I hate this, but I got to go with Tanil and Caleb. I've picked Havoc and Nevaeh too many times. They always let you down. They do. Now I think I'm they're going to win here, though. That's the problem. I was going to say, now I'm scared. Now that you picked <laughs> Caleb with a K, I'm like, man, maybe I should change mine to Havoc and Nevaeh. <laughs> I'm going with Tanil and Caleb. I think they're going to pull some shenanigans and, and get out of it. Um, I'm just... I'm just so in love with this team of Tanil Dashwood and Caleb with a K. Caleb with a K. He's he's an awesome, awesome character. I give the guy, the the man himself, credit for pulling double duty on a lot of shows. And um God, I just I just love both of their characters. They're just awesome. I'm a huge Havoc and Nevaeh fan, especially Havoc. Uh I've loved her since God, since she was running rough shit over in uh, Shimmer, and it was kicking ass for, you know, probably the last, maybe a decade it's been. But anyways, I got to go with uh, Tennille and Caleb. Yeah. 
Then we have a tag team match seeing Decay being represented by Black Taurus and Crazy Steve taking on Reno Scum, Adam Thornstow, and Luster the Legend. I don't know who those guys are. They're um, Reno Scum. Yeah, they sound pretty scummy. <laughs> Were they yeah. on Reno 911? I might know them then. <laughs> no, but uh, I liked what... Um... I think it was, uh, <clears throat> uh, 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 oh, I can't even think of the announcer's name now on Impact, but it's like a match between two D-Lo teams. Brown or Matt Morgan? No, um, not Matt Morgan. Stryker. Stryker. Matt Stryker say they're the same person. Shut up. <laughs> Matt Stryker said a tag team with two teams with very, very uh, real uh, team names. Decay is very Decay-like. Reno Scum, they're just scums. Um, with this though, <clears throat> Reno Scum, they're they're all right, but man, they're not Decay, and I just Decay seems to be Decay is the future, baby. They got a lot going for them. I'm picking Tarus and Steve. Yeah, yeah. I don't know who Reno Scum is, but if you don't push Decay right now, you're doing something wrong. Especially losing to Reno Scum. Yeah. Well, Pacey, you might as well call this pay-per-view the tag team pay-per-view because, by gum, we got another tag team. Yes, I love it. More tag team matches than the AEW (laughs) pay-per-view. This tag team, we see Violent by Design, which is uh, represented by Diener and Joe Doring, taking on Beer Guns, Chris Sabin, and James Storm. Yes. Got to go with Beer Guns on this one. They need to win. You know, I was wondering about that when I was trying to pick stuff. It's like, yeah, they, they haven't really gotten a major win, but Violent by Design's getting a push. <clears throat> um, And they're the, the young up-and-comers. Joe Doring is just, I, I say Eric it every young. time. He's got so He's much talent. Here. and. <laughs> but Joe, Joe Doring is, I, I say it all the time, he's just, he's going to be, a main event guy. He's got everything you could want. I'm going violent by design. I like it. Then we've got a hold harmless match. Now for folks who uh, maybe didn't take the bar exam to become a lawyer, basically hold harmless means that um, anything goes. That's a, that's a legal term for pretty much anything goes. So what happened here is uh Brian Myers is whining about wanting a a match with Eddie Edwards <clears throat> and uh Scott Diamore said all right or no Brian Myers is going to sue Impact because it's an unsafe work environment with Eddie Edwards there. And Diamore said, "You know what? How's this? How's this? How about uh, I give you a, a hold harmless?" And Brian Myers is like, "Yeah, yeah, that's fine." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, go back to your lawyer and and tell him that uh yeah, we'll get you a hold harmless." And he's like, do you know what hold harmless means? No. <laughs> Anything goes. So basically it's a no holds barred match. Just with a fun name. Exciting. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going with Brian Myers on this one. Also, your answer for this one's on the next match. It got screwed up in a couple of places. What'd you do? I didn't do anything. It was like that when I got here. You screwed my shit up. <laughs> no. Yes, you did, you bastard. No. Anyways, um, 
anything goes. I mean, to me, this works in favor of Eddie Edwards. Obviously, anything goes. Brian Myers could, uh, he can pull something out, but I like my vicious Eddie Edwards, and <clears throat> I'm going with Eddie Edwards on this one. Doesn't doesn't Brian Myers still have homicide though? Hernandez. For Hernandez, there you go. Uh, if he pays him, yep. As long as he keeps paying him. <sighs> yep, yep. Picking Brian Myers, I think. He's been winning, so I, I, I think he's going to keep winning. Yeah, I, I, I still don't know exactly what Impact's planning on doing with him, so it's kind of up in the air. But, yeah. Uh, yes. Then we have the X Division Championship match, seeing TJP taking on Ace Austin. This is going to be fun. I love Ace Austin. Yeah, this should be a wild match. I think I got to go with TJP. Um, Great pick. He hasn't had it too long. Should hold on to it. For some reason, though, for some reason, I'm feeling Ace Austin, Pasty. For some reason, I'm feeling Ace Austin. And um, I'm going with Ace Austin. I'm going to pick Ace Austin to take the title from him. It's kind of a kind of a reach, but just something in my gut told me to pick him. So I'm picking him. All right. I almost picked him. But I'm like, hey, I don't know. TJP needs to lose it to... Somebody a little bit better. And Ace Austin had the X Division Championship, I think, within the last year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Next, we have the Knockouts Tag Team Championship. The team of Fire and Flava taking on the team of Jordan Grace and Jazz. I just I just want to say, Pasty, I love I love Jazz's mask. And I and I actually like her uh, her get up with the kind of. uh, Almost like a jail roster kind of onesie. But the two don't work together. The mask does not work with her fucking outfit. It really bothers me. They're both awesome, but not together. I just wanted to say that. Yeah. Uh, I love to pick Jordan Grace and Jazz. But it's hard to now. Because Fire and Flava have won every time I said they wouldn't. <laughs> I'm going with Fire and Flava. Yeah, this should be a fun match. Oh, it's it's going to be a great match. It's going to be all four women super talented. But yeah, I'm I'm going with Fire and Flava. They're just. They're my people. <laughs> even though uh even though Jordan Grace, I think, is one of the most beautiful women in pro wrestling and Jonathan Grisham is a lucky lucky man. But yeah. This isn't this isn't about a beauty contest. This is about who's gonna win and fire <laughs> and flavor. Tasha Steeles, Kira Hogan, they're just two badass bitches that I just love. And they have so much charisma. I think that's what's taking them the farthest. They got good in-ring skills, not the best, but man, their charisma is on fire. Oh yeah. 
And then we got the Knockouts Championship match, seeing Deanna Purrazzo put her title on the line against ODB. Fuck yes. This should be fun. ODB, she said she's pulling up the old meet and greet, and she's ready to go. <laughs> Love ODB. She's a hometown hero of ours and just a fun bitch. Just so good. She had a really good, uh, she had a good match this week on Impact. She always has good matches. She always has so much energy. You just, you feel like you'd want to go out and hang with her. Oh, hell yeah. With that being said, though, the Virtuosa is really, really over in Impact right now. And ODB, um, I wouldn't mind seeing her get one more run with the Knockouts Championship, but she she definitely doesn't need it. I want to watch her drink with Stone Cold. That would be fun. I don't even want to drink. I'll just watch. Just sit there and watch them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Perrazzo's my pick. Yeah, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that Pirazzo's got to be the one. Then we have the Impact World Tag Team Championships. The Good Brothers taking on the New Japan team of Finjuice. Of course, that's uh, Dave Finley and Juice Robinson. Your favorite. Yeah. Your favorite kind of juice. I love Needs that. more fin. That's what you always tell me. Needs more fin. Throw a little <laughs> Jake in there, too, every now and then. <laughs> Grab your friends. What do you think, Pasty? Oh, it's got to be the Good Brothers. Yeah, this one's pretty obvious. The Good Brothers mm-hmm. are in the main event uh, storyline right now. They're not losing to a, a B team in New Japan. Definitely not. They need to continue to hold their gold to make Kenny Omega look better. Yes. Uh, and then we have the Impact World Championship and... TNA World Championship Unification Match. Seeing Rich Swan and Moose going head to head for all the gold. This one, uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Moose is yet to just really wow me in any match, even though Rich Swan is amazing. We've seen Moose and Swan before, and it never ends up being an A plus match for me, at least. Yeah. So I, I don't know what I what expectations I have for the match itself. Um <clears throat> but as far as who wins it, I I'm going with Rich Swan. I think Rich Swan wins it, and I will say I'm glad that they are uh unifying these so we can get rid of the TNA belt and just keep TNA in, in the past. Even though there's been rumors that TNA was gonna be the uh second show on TNT for M- or for uh, AEW. I don't think that's happening. No. I think no. NWA, I think NWA is more more choice for that. More likely. Um uh, you see I look at this match and I feel like you have to choose who you rather see lose to Kenny Omega. That's what it boils down to, right? I don't know. You think that you think Kenny Omega's winning the Impact Championship? I think he's been playing the belt collector, and he needs to start collecting some damn belts, or the story <laughs> don't work very well. He only has two. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so therefore, I gotta say Moose. You're going with the old Moose. I don't think I've seen Kenny Omega in a match with somebody who's much larger than him.
I I'm going Rich Swan. I think he he he's the uh, standard bear for impact. I just don't want to see him lose to Kenny Omega. <laughs> I think he's a good representation for impact and in a in a match, you know, with a uh, multiple companies. And um, I'm saying this very awkward. Me speak English, not know well. <laughs> um, but also, you know, you mentioned the Kenny Omega thing. I don't want to see Moose versus Kenny Omega the match. I would love to see Swan Omega. Yeah, That's I think a- Omega could make Moose look good. I don't think he can, honestly. Oh, and Pasty, uh, you want to bring us up on the tiebreaker? Um, I don't know what a good tiebreaker is. <laughs> I know we don't, we don't have a fucking tiebreaker. Um, let me think. Does Kenny Omega get involved in the main event? Is that what you want to go with? Yeah. Okay. I think it's it's fair play, right? It's either going to happen or it's not. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and you can pick. You know, until you brought it up, I didn't think he would at all, to be honest. But now you got doubts in my mind. <laughs> um, well, he's got to make it so the person who would be easier for him to beat wins. That is true. Um, I'm going to go with no. I think that's the safer answer, but I think it's just slightly safer. It's kind of a, almost a coin flip. So I guess that leaves you with yes. Yep. Fair enough. You see the old, old Omegster. Old Omegster. Old Maggie. The Simpsons Maggie? Yeah. Margie, hey, come take a look at this for a moment, Margie. I don't know why the fuck. Can Kenny Omega play Umaga on like Halloween? Kenny Umaga? Kenny Umaga. Uh, No, cultural appropriation. (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. Yep. yep. Can't do it. Sorry. (sighs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. But Umaga could have played Kenny Omega. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Ah, I'm hoping for more better wrestling going forward. I want to put revolution in the past and hope the next year's revolution is far better. Well, you know, we still got big pay-per-views like all out and double or nothing to look forward to. So, yeah. Not to mention WrestleMania is coming up real fast. Yeah. So exciting. Aren't you aren't you excited? Hey, you know what I am excited for is um NWA's first pay-per-view in a, a year or over a year coming up here pretty soon. Um I'm excited for that. Yeah. NWA back for the attack. Um it'll be interesting. Interesting to see what they look like, what they're doing. The new NWA. I'm looking forward to that. That's it. <laughs> That's the show. Why are you still here? Go home. <laughs> Nothing left to be said. What has been said has been said. With that being said, I'm Fat Mac. 
I'm pasty. Love, spread it like cancer. Don't spread the COVID-19. I don't know. Snap out of that shit.